Hello friends, my name is Rachel Harkins and you are listening to The More Podcast. Okay, hello everyone. Welcome back to The More Podcast. My name is Rachel Harkins. I'm here with Catherine Pinshorn, was Bornman, but she just got married. Yes, ma'am, I did. <laughs> just got married. Um, and we were just laughing. We just had dinner together. And I was like, Kat, I've been trying to get you on my podcast for like maybe a year now. I think I asked you like months and months and months ago, but um, it just hasn't really worked out with scheduling. But now we're finally at the beginning of August and we're like, okay, finally we can find a time. Um, so thank you for being here today. I'm really thankful that you're here. Um, we're going to be talking about a lot of good stuff. Kat is one of those people, me and my best friend, Maddie, always joke. We're like, Kat's one of those people that every time she talks, I just want to have a pen and a paper by my side because the Lord quite literally just flows out of her. His voice just speaks through her so clearly. Um, so just can't wait for y'all to be blessed by her today. But Kat, enough about me, enough about me talking. Tell us about you. Um, who are you? Where do you come from? How do you start following Jesus? Yeah. Um, so I'm Catherine Benshorn. I grew up here in Houston. I lived here my whole life and then went to Texas A&M and um, graduated with studying economics with minors in business and leadership. Um, so it's like, what the heck do you do with that? Right. So you go into consulting because everyone asks, what the heck is that? Um, but so I've been in consulting for five years and I'm also in seminary at Southern Baptist Theological Seminary out of Louisville, Kentucky. I take courses online. I have since uh, November of 2020. Um, I, uh, got married in March, and um, yeah. How do I start following Jesus? How do you start following Jesus? I have been following Jesus for about 22 years now. Mm. I came to know Christ at age five at a Bethel VBS. Oh, that's so and, sweet. Um, yeah, it was uh, here in Houston at a church, and I and they had these little gospel tents, and I just remember it was a girl probably like a high school age who we was sitting in a tent. And I don't remember the, much of it, right? I was little, but I, to this day, I still remember. Um, she's kind of, my son kind of cheesy because she was like, we're, we're sisters now. And in my five-year-old brain, that made sense because I, I was, I'm the middle of three girls. And so, and my little sister had just been born. She was seven months old. And my older sister was a year and a half older than me. And so I understood what it meant to be a sister, to have a sister. And so anyways, I am. Um, it was neat. I still, I still remember that because mm. I was like, "Whoa, you can have family outside of your family." Like, mm. um, so I know it. I mean, it sounds yeah. crazy, but um, family but was, of God. Yeah, it was. It was a sweet moment. Um, but I would say, like, when I really started to fall in love with God was probably middle in the middle school, the beginning of high school, when mm. I, I started. Um, honestly, asking a lot of questions of like, I don't understand. Like, why does everybody wear a cross around their neck? Um, but their life doesn't seem to reflect that. And if I believe in Jesus, why do I have to keep going to church? Like what, like I have a lot of other ways I could spend my Sundays. <laughs> and so I um, kind of started asking questions and, um, you know, I think with any question you ask, like what's the question, the, the real question is, why are you asking it? And, you know, are you leaning in? Are you leaning out? Where, where, what direction are you, are you leaning and where are you putting your hope? And so, um, and so anyways, it, it really led to this, um, and a deeper pursuit of wanting to know God deeply and, and knowing Jesus on an intimate level of, I mean, we, I, I either was like, I either I'm going to be all in or all out. There's just, there's, mm. there's not another way to live. There's no middle. He's either worth my whole life or none of it. 
Like mm. that's that. And, and, and so I really, I mean, I came to the conclusion he is worth every, every part, every, every second. And so mm. anyways, now it's the, how do we remain in that, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so it's, it's yeah. the, it is the greatest adventure mm. is following Jesus. Amen. It really is. Amen. Yeah. Um, okay. And I've asked every one of the awesome women that I've had on this podcast, what does testify mean to you? What does the act of testifying mm. look like to you? What does it mean to you? Yeah. Um, I want you to dive deeper into that. So when I think about testify, I think of the root word. Um, so testify uh, testimony, testaments, they all have the same, like the, the, the Latin word root is that testamentum or mm-hmm. testament. Um, and so when you think about that, you often, you probably think of old testaments, new testament. Um, and so, which we also think of old covenant, new covenant, um, but also means agreement. So old agreement, new agreement. And so when I think testify, I think, um, you know, you think witness, but you think, what are you in agreement with? Because a witness testifying on a stand is speaking to that which they are in agreement with. And so, but what they're in agreement with is greater than their own story. And mm-hmm. so it's not about them. It's about, it's about Christ. And so for me, when I think about testify, it's, um, you know, sharing our part of the story, but the emphasis, the emphasis, emphasis, emphasis has to be on Christ and his story. Mm-hmm. Um, because our, our lives are to be a reflection of like living in agreement with, with him and with his word. Mm, yeah, that's super good. Um, okay, so like I said, I've been wanting to do this podcast episode for a really long time. I remember back in August, one of my friends who went on a hiking trip with you came to me and was like, oh my gosh, Rachel, Kat Bornman at the time, she needs to be on your podcast. Um, you need to hear this crazy story that she told us on our hiking trip that just so clearly points to the gospel. Um, and it's super cool. She just shared it with me. I heard it from her perspective. And um, I think it's not only a story that points to the gospel. I think it's a story that points to exactly what we're going to be talking about on this episode today. So Kat, take it away. I would love for you to share this story with these listeners because it's a pretty incredible one. So I went on a solo trip in June of 2019. So for context, I was 24. I was two years out of school. I had done a solo trip the year before. She's crazy. And, um, <laughs> it's probably true. Um, but I'd done a solo trip the year before, but it was it was in Oregon and a little more beach, a little more tame, I guess you could say, versus, you know, the wilderness in Maine. But anyways, I, I was road tripping it, and I went to Baxter State Park. And so and it was the beginning of the season, and they still had snow on some of their higher peaks. So, um you know, not, not a crowded place at all. And I I get there and it's noon and it's, I thought it was a five mile hike total. And so I packed two cliff bars. I packed my Bible, my journal. So I had living water, right. (laughs) And I had, uh, I had a, this one makes me laugh every time I had a book called the warrior mindset. I think it's written by Navy SEALs. Um, and then I had, I think that's it. No water. No water, no none. Because <laughs> it's an important my, part. So, so oh, I had my trekking poles. Um, but in my in my illogical mind, that sounded logical at the time. I thought, well, when I go on a five mile run in Houston, that's we're super hot in the middle of the summer. I don't, I never take water. So on a five mile hike, like it's just gonna really just slow me down, you know. And um, anyways, so I did not take water, and it's an important piece, but. I had my phone too. Um, but anyway, so I go, I, I start this adventure and quickly I realize 
um, that it's a five mile total, like to the top and then five miles back, <laughs> meaning my five mile hike total just turned into a 10 mile hike. And it's, it's, it's ranks, I think difficult on like the hiking anyways. And I didn't know that, but ahead of time. So I, and I like hiking. I'm all about hiking. I'm not a rock climber. I'm not a rock climber, Rachel. And so <laughs> I get to points on this hike and I'm like bouldering and I'm like, this is not, this is not fun um, for me, but I am stubborn in the sense that if I start something, I will f- see it through. I'll see mm-hmm. it through to completion. And so um, I finally almost step on a snake. At some point I hit the top and it's been three hours. And there's a five, I get really, sh- I should have done it in two and a half, two and a half at least. It, shouldn't have been more than that so anyways I get to the top and it's 3 p.m I have no water I'm dying of thirst nobody's around and I have five more miles I have to hike back down and so even though I'd gotten to the top I was still just dining back at the bottom because at the bottom of this hike uh, where my car was parked or my rental car they have these these gorgeous lakes um, and they have these canoes by them and so I, I my vision of my evening was that I was going to sit on one of these canoes and fly fish for two hours and hopefully see moose in Maine. I just, that just sounded like. Sounds better than the how, hike. <laughs> how 24 year old me wanted to spend my, you know, evening in Maine. But anyway, so that was the vision. That was the vision I was going mm-hmm. for. So I began my descent and not to brag, but I was crushing it, like sliding <laughs> down rocks. Like I, I was going to cut the time that I hiked up in half easily. Just I've, and I was like, I'm just such a good hiker. Like, this is, you know, um, and it's too bad that that can lead to downfalls, right? <laughs> and so I get about, probably about halfway. And um, so on this hike, it's because it's it's early season and the how they mark the trail is with, with this is important, white paint markers on trees. They just have, or blue. It's it's white or blue. You, you see both. And so you just, you know, if you see one of those, you're you're fine. But it's not follow the yellow brick road or follow this <laughs> path or this bridge like and often you're walking through streams and you're walking over trees and these things and so it's it's not always clear so you have to be paying attention and not have a cloud of judgment and so that you can see the markers so I get to a point where I can't find any of the other markers and I was still making good time and I didn't want to jeopardize that and so I was like well I'll keep following the river down because, you know, with gravity, rivers only flow one way downhill. And I followed in some way, shape or form the river up. And so as long as I follow the river down, eventually I'll make it right. was my logic. And so I start on that path and um, this is pretty dense brush woods. This has not been cleared through. Like I am getting whipped in my face, arms, legs by branches. I have blood all over my arms and my legs. Um, yeah, picked a bad day to wear shorts instead of hiking pants, um, and lost one of my trekking poles. I don't even know where it went. I turned around (laughs) to look for it and I was like, I'm never going to get out of this forest if I look for my trekking pole. Anyway, so I keep going and then I get to a point and it's, I've been lost for about an hour and a half. And so it's like, it's probably like, it's like getting close to 5 PM at this point or six. It's, yeah, we're, we're getting we're getting closer, and because sun sets at 8:08, I was smart enough to pay attention to when the sun set uh, before I before I left for my hike, and so I start hiking up because I'm like maybe I'll see someone or hear somebody, um, 
And so I do that and I hear a brushel in the woods. So I got excited because I'm like, oh, maybe that's somebody. <laughs> and like 10 yards away, there's this huge black bear staring at me. <laughs> and um, honestly, was way more afraid of being lost than I was of the bear. Because, I mean, at least if a bear got me, like it would be pretty quick, you know, <laughs> and I wouldn't have to live with my thoughts. But um, living with the, you know, all the poor decisions, like the amount of bad decisions I had to make to end up where I was, was that's, that's not a short list. Like that's a long list and I would have to really live with myself. And so anyways, um, the bear to my benefit scurried off and, um, and then I was left back with my thoughts and, uh, realizing what I had done to get myself in that position. But anyway, so, um, so I finally got my phone out and I started trying to see if I could get cell service because, I mean, surprise, surprise, it's very difficult in the middle of the woods in <laughs> Millinocket, Maine to get cell service. Um, but I finally, I was like, well, I'm just going to try to call 911 because I mean, I can't reach anything else. And so I did. I called and 911 answered. And um, so I got out, you know, because I was Bornman at the time. My name is Catherine Bornman. I'm in Baxter State Park. And then the call dropped. Um, repeat that five times and it finally stuck on my fifth call and I must have reached the only 911 operator in Millinocket, Maine because when she answered she was like Catherine Catherine are you there and I'm like I'm here I'm here and um, so she was like okay don't move but like what's what's happening and so I had to tell her the story like my name is Catherine Bornman I am hiking in Baxter State Park on Double Top, and I got lost on my way down about halfway. Um, I'm, I'm by the river, but I don't know, I don't know where the trail is. I don't know where I am. And uh, she couldn't hear me that well, right? Because I'm in the middle of the woods. And so she, so she, she goes, are you lost? And so I'm literally screaming into my phone in the woods. Yes, I am lost. Yes, I am lost on repeat. And it was probably one of the most humbling moments of my life to have to be screaming, like yelling <laughs> into my phone, yes, I am lost on repeat over and over and over again. Um, and and so she goes, okay, you're lost. And I'm like, yes. <laughs> and she, she's like, don't move. Don't keep falling the river down. Um, do not hang up. Um, but I'm going to put you on hold and I'm going to get Baxter State Park on the line. And... Um, we're going to see what we can do. I said, okay. And so I, I, I sit there and I wait in the woods for seven minutes and for, for her to come back on. And then I hear another voice and he goes, hi, Catherine, my name is David. Um, can you tell me what happened? And so I have to say the same thing all over again. Like, humbly, my name is Catherine Bornman. I am from Texas. I was hiking at Baxter State Park on Double Top. I got lost on my way down. I'm by the river, but I don't know where I am. The bigger picture, right? I don't know like, where this is in relation to. Like, I don't know how to get back to the trail. Um, and he said, okay. He said, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get a group together, a team together, and we're going to come look for you. We're not going to stop until we find you. But you'll be listening for my voice because I will be calling you by name. And I said, okay. And so um, I, we, we hung up, and I – literally I sat right there in the woods getting eaten alive by mosquitoes I had blood all over me and mm. you know one trekking pole and um no water so I'm thirsty um 
though. He did. Oh, he. This was funny. He asked me. He said, "What do you have in your backpack?" <laughs> <laughs> no water. And I had. That. I was like, "Well, I, I have Cliff Bar's Bible Journal and um, a book." And and he's like, "Do you have any water?" I said, "No." And um, and so he he said, "Okay, well, I'll I'll try to bring some of that for you." So anyway, so I sit in the woods wrestling with my thoughts and start reading a little bit of proverbs because i figured i probably needed a little wisdom (laughs) poor decisions i had continued to make but um about an hour and a half later i hear a hello and i hear my name called and i will tell you you do not forget when you are lost in the wilderness and you hear your name called because Mm. i mean nobody knew where i was nobody i didn't tell give anyone my itinerary yeah. Nobody knew I was going to Baxter State Park that day. Um, I mean, the bull moose in would, would have known that I hadn't shown up for my, you know, hotel reservation that night. But they don't know who to contact at home, and they wouldn't have known. And so, anyways, I um, so David and Michael were my two guardian angels who came to rescue mm-hmm. me. And David, he kind of played, you know, was the trailblazer who walked before me. And then Michael's walked behind me to make sure that I didn't you know, get lost anymore. Mm. As long as I was following David, I was in pretty, in pretty good hands. But um, we made it back safely right as about 8.15, so after sunset. And um, the reason I love, I love sharing this story, though, is the clear picture of the gospel. It is mm. such a clear picture um, in my mind because it's, you know, how do we get lost? And it's, we isolate ourselves from our community. We think we know better. Um, we we get lost in our own arrogance and pride, thinking that we know better. Um, and then we we continue in that way, um, thinking that we can get ourselves out of our mess and that we can get to our peak, whatever that may be. And so, I guess for that day for me, was I wanted to get to the peak, and then I got to the peak of the mountain, and I was like, I just want to be back at the bottom of the lake. Um, was all I really wanted to be. And so, um, and so then, which then led to more poor decisions of, um, well, I want to get there faster. And, and we, uh, we just continue to hurt ourselves more and end up bloodier, like more bloody and, and more bruised up um, when we try to get ourselves out of our own mess. Um, mm. And it's not until we really come to the end of ourselves until we really, um, accept the truth of, of being lost, um, that we are able to be rescued. Um, mm. and, and the rescuing of Christ, it is not a, like, look at the map and figure it out. No, it's a, you sit, you don't move. I'm going to come look for you, and I'm not going to stop until I find you. But when I find you, I'm not going to just let you sit there in the woods. I am going to walk with you step by step um, mm. out of the wilderness, out of your wilderness. Mm. And... Um, Wow. That is, every time I hear that story, especially when I hear it from Kat, I get chills and what a beautiful picture of the gospel. And today we're going to be talking about waiting. Um, and I think Kat kind of mentioned this in that story, but, um, like what you said, like we wait to get to the top of a mountain, but then when we get to a top of mountain, we're waiting for something else. And then when we get there, we're waiting for something else. Um, and I think waiting is this never ending cycle. Um, and today we're going to be talking about, okay, what does it look like to wait with purpose? Um, because what we've come to realize is our life is a series of periods of waiting because in the end, um, we're waiting for Jesus. So Kat, tell us a little bit more about why, why, why we wait. Why as humans do we wait? 
I think we kind of looked into scripture about what it says, but let's dive deeper into that. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think you, I think you touched on it um, because, you know, as I was, I've been thinking about this because you brought up the question of, from, you know, of second, uh, first Thessalonians two of, you know, what does it look like um, to glorify God in our waiting? And I think, I think you hit the nail on the head. It's remembering that every little waiting that we do, because we're all always waiting, you're always waiting. It doesn't matter who you are, what season of life you're in, you're waiting. You're waiting for the next promotion. You're waiting to get a raise. You're waiting um, for the next trip. You're waiting for the weekend. You're waiting for lunch. You're waiting for, and and, and I want to be clear, there are some waiting that is more painful than others. And that is clear. Um, You know, waiting, um, waiting to get married, waiting to have children, um, waiting for kids to be out of the diaper stage. It's like waiting. We're always waiting. Mm-hmm. And so I, I think the, the question becomes like, what does it mean in scripture, um, to wait faithfully and like mm-hmm. to, to, to live every moment, moment by moment. Cause that's what this is. Like, that's what it is to walk faithfully it's not what is God's will in my life in the next 60 years it's okay how do I follow Christ and abide the next 15 seconds mm-hmm. the next five minutes today like what mm-hmm. does that look like because that's what we're called to do mm-hmm. um, and the other stuff it's that's not for us to know yeah yeah one of the so the question that I asked Kat I texted her the other day because we had decided we were going to be talking about waiting um, we actually didn't really know what we were going to be talking about. And then we went to coffee and we ended up having a whole conversation about what it looks like to, um, walk and wrestle with Jesus in the in-between moments, because I think our life is just a compile of a bunch of in-between moments and a bunch of seasons of waiting. Um, but I was reading through first Thessalonians in verse 12, I'm actually verse 11 through 12. It says, for we know how like a father with his children, he exhorted each one of you and encouraged you and charged you to walk in, in a manner worthy of God who calls you into his own kingdom and glory. And I texted Kat and I was like, just to be thinking, like, what does it look like to walk in a manner worthy of God while we're in our waiting? Um, and I'm just going to be completely honest. I came into this episode today with no answers to that question. I literally sat down with Kat and was like, honestly, like I'm really struggling because I am about to help you do this episode on waiting and everything in me doesn't want to wait for the things I want. Um, and everything in me doesn't believe there's purpose in waiting for the things that my heart desires. Um, but Kat has some really good things um, that I think the Lord has put on her heart to share that I think will not only be an encouragement to y'all, but an encouragement to me as well. So something that I think about is when the spirit stirs in us a question from the text, which it did in you, um, keep keep reading, keep digging in the scriptures because the answer often is there. Mm, um, amen. And so I love, so that verse, I'm going to read the, the verse that you read and then and the one below it. So it says, for you know that we dealt with each of you as a father deals with his own children, encouraging, comforting, and urging you to live lives worthy of God who calls you into his kingdom and glory. And we also thank God continually because when you received the word of God, which you heard from us, you accepted it, not as human word, but as it actually is, the word of God, which is indeed at work in you who believe. And I love that because it says, look, notice it says, when you received the word of God, 
and you accepted it. So you received and believed. And, you know, back to the question of, you know, how do we, what does it look like? What does it mean to live a life worthy of God and waiting? We cannot live a life worthy of God apart from God. Mm. And so when I, when I read this next verse, I mean, the, the, the word that comes to mind is abiding, um, to abide, to, to, which means to remain, to actively wait. Um, and so I, I think about that with this, of if we are abiding in Christ, we're actively waiting and remaining in him because again, God cannot be, um, We are not glorifying God or living a life worthy of God if we are not remaining in Him. Mm-hmm. And so those two things cannot, they cannot exist. Um, like living apart from Him and glorifying at the same time. And so we cannot commingle those two. And so for abiding, I, th- I think, what, what does that even mean? Well, I think it's remaining in Scripture and in community and not just friend group, but in iron sharpening, iron community of friendships that sharpen you of discipleship that challenges you and it challenges you in the truth of God's word um, Mm. and in prayer. Um, Something Oswald Chambers says, I think about all the time is that it's not just, I'm probably, I'm not quoting it verbatim, but it's not just that prayer changes things, but prayer changes me and that changes things because prayer changes my heart posture. Um, That's, that's what prayer does. It changes our heart. And so, um, we must abide while we wait yeah so tell me i think it's hard to abide while you wait um i think it's hard when the voice of the world is like you need to be at these stages you need to be doing these things you need to be attaining these goals you need to be in these relationships Mm -hmm. um and it's hard to hear the whisper of the holy spirit be like i'm worth it um to abide in so tell us for you personally, what does that look like? What does it look like to abide when it's been really hard to wait? So it looks it looks different in different seasons. So um, last night was an example for me of a different kind of abiding. I actually um, ended up in the ER um, for a health related issue that that came up, and I was in agonizing pain. And you know they call the waiting room the room where you are before you go back, but reality is I was waiting the whole time like I was waiting when I got there I had to fill out this paperwork and then I was waiting when they had me on a stretcher and they wheeled me back for them to take my um blood my blood work and then I was waiting for them to give me the results and then I was waiting for them to do scans then I was waiting to get my own room to see a doctor and I was waiting for you know them to give the updates and so I just felt was this it was this constant constant waiting um and so what it looked like, short bullet prayers was my day. It was my evening yesterday. I was in agonizing pain, and it was Lord Jesus help me, um, you know, save me, Lord Jesus. Um, you know, I love you. I love you, Jesus. It was, it was just, it was bullet prayers. Mm-hmm. It was constant bullet prayers. Um, and then I, I, and then thankfulness of I don't know what is going on. I don't know why, but. We rejoice because when we do suffer, we do, we get to participate in some of the suffering that Christ went through. And so we get to experience that and and that is, can define us or refine us. And so the suffering that we endure faithfully will refine us into the likeness of Christ. And so what the world sees as the grind or what the world sees as 
pointless. God uses to refine us into his image. Mm. And so I say this as an example of last night, it looked like bullet prayers is what it looked like in the waiting. And I think reality is most of life is little moments of waiting. Um, it's, we're always waiting, always. Um, I think for me, um, so I just got married in March to the man of my dreams. Um, <laughs> and, but for me, I, I was the day before my 27th birthday when I got married. Um, and I was one of the last of my friends to get married. Um, and, you know, everyone's story with this is so different. And so for me, I didn't know that I ever wanted to get married. Um, I was kind of on the other end of the spectrum. And so if your story is different, before you go write me off, um, I, I would ask, like, aren't, aren't the, isn't the root of extremes the same at the root? Like, for me, it was pride, it was fear, it was control. Um, and, and I would think that it's, it's, it just has different, different symptoms, but it's the same root, right? Mm -hmm. Whether we're on um, one end of the extreme or the other. Um, and so, but I had to get to this place. I remember I was reading this book called The Will of God, A Man's Life Work. It was published in like 1907 or something. I don't recommend it to most people because <laughs> I, I, I had to learn the hard way that not everybody likes reading the same kinds of books as me. But, um, you know, it said in one of the last chapters that well, it talked about ways we resist sanctification. And what it said, resisting marriage and resisting having children was a way that, that people can resist sanctification. So for me, what I realized was we all have to get to a point where we are willing to say, Lord, have your way, whatever side you're on of the equation. Mm -hmm. And so for me, it was, I am afraid if I want something, if I don't get it, I'm being disappointed was, was a root of some of it. And there was fear too. But, um, and so for me, I needed to get to a place where I was like, okay, if this is, if God's will in my life is singleness, then I will walk faithfully in that and awesome. And if it is marriage, then awesome. I will walk faithfully in that. And, um, and so, yeah, so for me, while the refinement might've looked different than other girls on the other end of the spectrum, I still had to get to the place of firmly believing that God writes a better story. And if mm. I have come to any conclusion in my life, I mean, that it is, it is that, that God writes a way better story than I ever could. His adventures are way more exciting than I ever could write for myself. Um, and, and it really is better. And I think I, I will say I was convinced better, uh, better no one than the wrong one. I was mm. firmly convinced of that. Um, and I lived as though I will God's will call my life is to be single. And I trust that if he has that, then he marriage for me, he's going to reroute me. And he did big time. And it was clear. <laughs> it was clear. There were, I, I knew first date, there were not questions because it was so evident. And I think, um, you know, something you and I have talked about before is the, what, what the meaning of pure catharos means in scripture. And I, I love that. If you look at Matthew 5, 8, it says, blessed are the pure of heart for they will see God. And I love that because it talks about pure heart. It, what that means, it's a single minded heart. It means laser focused heart. It means, um, um undivided mm -hmm. heart, because if you think about a divided heart or double mindedness, it's distracted. Um, and so, but when we live and that goes back to, you know, what that passage in that 
Thessalonians is talking about, when we abide and then we obey, it, and they go hand in hand. And the obedience comes out of the abiding. Mm. Um, and so, because you go, you go back to, you know, that passage and back to the, the verse 12, where it says, comforting and urging you to live lives worthy of God, who calls you into his kingdom and glory. And that word calls in Greek, it means invites, where he invites you into his kingdom and glory. And, and that begs a response of, of the obedience. And so, um, I have found that I am either letting God have his way with me or I am in the way. Mm. And there's really not an in-between. Yeah. I like to think that there is, but there's not. Yeah. But there's really not. And there's not a, a sweeter life than when he is having his way because it is, mm. it is, um, it is an adventure. It is, because um, he is trustworthy and he is truth. And I think that's which which I love that this passage also is really clear on that God's worth is truth, especially in a season of life that everybody's in in the U.S. Mm-hmm. now and really across the world of everyone's asking what Pilate did of what is truth, um, but His word is truth, and so we have to have that and cling to it mm-hmm. and um, take take captive our thoughts. Yeah, tell us more about. We talked a lot about that earlier. It's, it's so important while you're in a season of waiting. Well, we're all in a season of waiting. Yeah. We're always going to be in a season of waiting. We say a season of waiting. However, I think it's a life of waiting. Mm-hmm. Um, so we talk about how it's important to take our thoughts captive. It says that in scripture in this life of waiting. Um, tell us more about that. Why take our thoughts captive? What does that even look like? What yeah. does scripture say about that? Yeah. So 2 Corinthians 10, um, 5, I believe is where it talks about taking our thoughts captive. And then um, it. I also think about, in uh, Timothy, where it, it talks about this. So let me turn to Timothy. Um, yeah, it says, so verse 6, If you point these things out to brothers and sisters who will be a good minister of Christ Jesus, nourish on the truth of the faith and of the good teaching that you have followed. Have nothing to do with godless myths and old wise tales. Rather, train yourself to be godly, for physical training is of some value. But godliness has value for all things, holding promise for both the present life and the life to come. Um, This is a trustworthy saying that deserves full acceptance. That is why we labor and strive, because we have put our hope in the living God, who is Savior of all people, and especially of those who believe. And so that godliness is a value in, in all seasons of waiting. Uh, because like we said, we are always waiting and um, it is so important to take our thoughts captive because that is one of the ways our, the enemy will try to attack us and with with lies. And so if we are filling ourselves with the truth of God's word um, and in in community and discipleship where people are pointing us back to the word of God, to truth, to that rock solid ground, we will not waver and we can stay with that pure heart, that single-minded laser focus on Christ. Um, because when we're wavering from that and we're not standing on the rock and we're not abiding, we're not remaining with him in his word, in his truth, in his spirit, um, that's when we trip and stumble. That's when we, it's the pride of me on the mountain thinking that I, I can ride a better way, you mm-hmm. know, and that um, I remember um, 
this was years ago. I think I was in high school and I don't like listening to commercials on the radio station. <laughs> I, I hate it. I always change it, but I've been listening to KSBJ and then they, like some guy came on, I think it was, I think it was John Vernon McGee, but I can't remember. And he basically said, this is God's universe and God does things his way. You may have a better way but you don't have a universe. And then he did this like old grandpa laugh and it made me chuckle. And I, I think about that all the time because the truth is that we don't have a better way, mm. but we also, and we don't have a universe. Mm -hmm. But it's so funny to think that we think we know better, mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. That's good. That's really good. I, um, another thing that we, me and Kat talked about is how she can so clearly look back on her seasons of waiting and see the Lord's hand in it. Um, she even said with marrying your husband, mm -hmm. how you were like, Oh my gosh, if I had met him and what I thought was the perfect timing for oh, yeah. me, it would have never worked it out. Worked. Oh yeah. Steve and I talk about this all the time. Like if we met a month earlier, a year earlier, two years earlier, it wouldn't have worked. It would not have worked. And, um, but with God's hand, it, it, it was beautiful and mm -hmm. it was, and we knew quickly and so it was such a gift that really neither of us was asking i don't know is this it is this not it the whole time because yeah that, that would be exhausting yeah um, and how cool to look back at the start of y'all's relationship and have a spirit of remembrance of y'all being able to so clearly see the lord's hand in it and i was telling kat this earlier but one of my favorite passages is deuteronomy 8 and it talks about um, how God looks to the Israelites before they enter the promised land, something they've been waiting for for so many years. And he looks at them and he says, hey, don't forget how I've led you and provided for you and protected you um, and kept you safe um, this whole entire time. And I think um, we can be so tempted to forget who our God has been yeah. in the wilderness when we do reach the promised land. Um, and it even makes me think of your story with hiking. Yeah. It's like, even when we are in the wilderness, like let's never forget the yeah. voice who was calling us by name when we were in the wilderness. Absolutely. And, you know, it also reminds me of obedience precedes understanding. And this is something that is all over scripture of typically, you know, we want and the world we live in desires to know and to understand before obeying. It is, I must understand a hundred percent and then I will obey. But that's not scriptural. That scripture is Abraham went out not knowing where he was going. Mm -hmm. It is obedience preceding the understanding and the clarity comes. The clarity comes through the obedience, not the obedience because of the clarity. Mm. Oh, that's a hard pill to swallow. <laughs> I think being someone who loves control and loves instruction and loves clarity, I think um, that's what makes obedience so hard. But I think we can both agree that when we've chosen to be obedient, it's always been worth it. It's always been worth it. Yeah. Kat, you are wonderful. <laughs> you are so amazing. Thank you so much for being willing to share your story and be honest and um, just share your wisdom on what it looks like to wait faithfully. Um, okay, if you were to sum up the answer to the question I asked you, um, what does it look like to live a life of waiting in a manner worthy of God? Okay. Um, what would you say? I would say... I would say it means to abide in Jesus Christ. I would say it means um, to take your thoughts captive and go to the Word of God. Um, and I would say, uh, I would say walk in obedience. I would say it's those three things. And and I think 
you know, all of our stories and all of our lives look a little bit different, which is so beautiful, which is why it's so fun hearing people's testimonies and stories is because you get to see, you know, what it looks like when they're living in agreement of God's word and of um, the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And so I think, um, but, and I think stressing the abiding in the little moments, because mm -hmm. that is what life is made up of little bitty moments. Um, and I think remembering he writes a better story. Um, mm -hmm. And so, and, and we cannot glorify him apart from him. And yeah. so just that constant, it is more important to be with him than to do something for him. Mm. And I think that that's something that Christian culture can, can twist of, you know, I, I want to do something for you. And this is something my husband reminds me of like, no, I just want to be with you. You don't need to like do this or I could just be sit, um, <laughs> you know? And I, I think that um, as far as like, yeah, I, I would say those things to abide, take, take thoughts captive and abound. That's good. I also think just the beautiful picture of your name being called in the wilderness. I think mm -hmm. I pray that I myself am encouraged by this, that Kat is encouraged by this, that everyone listening is encouraged by this, that regardless of what season of waiting we're in, um, whether it's really small or whether it's really painful, there's a voice calling our name as we're walking through that wilderness. Um, and I think something that we've both found a lot of encouragement in is you know, we're never going to reach a point here on earth where we're done waiting um, because all waiting points to Jesus and all waiting points to heaven. And I love in Romans 8 verses 18 through 25, um, it's a, it ends with, but we hope, but if we hope for what we do not see, we wait for it with patience. Um, and I just think it's important to remember that all waiting points back um, to the one who is greater and the one who is better and the one who holds the universe. Yeah. But Kat, you're incredible. Would you mind closing us in prayer and just praying you. over seasons of waiting, life of waiting, all the things. Oh, Father God, um, God, thank you for, uh, for, for Rachel, for these women listening to um, this, this podcast. Um, God, I, God, we pray that our stories would be in agreement with you, God, that at the root, God, that the death and resurrection of your son, Jesus Christ, uh, would be magnified and glorified in and through us. Um, mm -hmm. Father, we pray that where we are, um, straying from walking in obedience and straying from having a heart consecrated to you, God, that we would come back to you, God, and 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 trust your that you the the voice that's calling us out of whatever wilderness we're in and whatever darkness we're in of of the thing that we want that we're waiting for and crying out for and um, and Father, I pray that we would have um, endurance in our hope. Um, in our waiting and father that we would remember that um, you know like Rachel said all of this waiting it really does point to um, God, the ultimate waiting of uh, of your son so father we love you and we trust you amen amen